Hello, friends. Dr. Missy Clifton here. I'm so excited to be back on the microphone because today's topic can get me pretty fired up. Good thing I've got one of my resident skin gurus here with me, Miss Lexi Fields. Hello. Hello, darling. She's a cosmetic coordinator at Premier Dermatology, and she's passionate about all things skin and our patients really do love her. You've probably seen her cute little Instagrams. She's adorable. Thank you. <laughs> so what's our topic um, for our conversation today? Well, let me just start by saying I wish I could have had today's conversation with myself years ago. Today, we're talking about all things tanning related. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the myths, the misconceptions, and all the dirty little lies. So if any of you have teenagers at home, please pause this podcast and grab them now because we're bringing it all to the table. So today we are actually going to talk about some tanning myths. The first tanning myth is tanning beds are safer than outdoor tanning. Well, that is definitely a myth. Um, I do have to confess, I'm a board certified dermatologist and I tanned in a tanning bed when I was young. Oh, no. I know. I feel terrible about it. I feel so guilty about it. Um, but ba- that was back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, they were touting at that point that tanning beds were actually safer this, than the sun. And that's literally not true. Um, and it made me so mad that that was kind of a misconception that a few years back, I literally smashed a tanning bed with a sledgehammer. I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. Um, in the early 2000s, you were cool if you got a tan, especially for prom in college. That's like what my friends and I did was go to the tanning beds and we had no idea what we were doing to ourselves. We bought that special lotion that makes you browner and oh, hotter. Man. Oh man, I can't take it. It's like you were literally baking yourself in a lighted coffin. (laughs) So bad. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk a little bit about why tanning beds are definitely not safer than the sun. Um, There's UVA and there's UVB radiation. UVA is the radiation that is mostly what's in tanning beds. And it is not the burning rays of the sun. It's actually the lower energy um, rays that actually penetrate deeper into your skin. UVA damages the cells at the base of your epidermis, which make the rest of the cells for your epidermis for the rest of your life. So you really don't want those cells getting damaged. Um, UV radiation is a proven human carcinogen. So we know that UV radiation causes cancer. And there's lots of statistics out there um, that really prove what we're talking about as far as tanning being something healthy for you. Indoor tanning devices can emit UV radiation in the amounts of 10 to 15 times higher than the sun at its peak intensity. Wow. So definitely not safer. And there's 419,000 cases of skin cancer in the U.S. each year linked to indoor tanning. And that's all kinds of skin cancers. Mostly it causes basal cell carcinomas and squamous cell carcinomas, but it can also cause an increased risk in the most deadly type of skin cancer, melanoma. Mm. So (laughs) this is another statistic that I found shocking. More people develop skin cancer because of indoor tanning than people who develop lung cancer because of smoking. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Well, yeah. skin is our biggest organ. So, you know, I guess if you you tan and tan and tan that biggest organ, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So just a couple of other statistics. 
Women who have ever tanned indoors are six times more likely to be diagnosed with melanoma in their 20s. Wow. So that's really young. That's mm-hmm. the deadly type of skin cancer, and it's you're getting diagnosed really young if you have a, lot, a history of using a lot of indoor tanning beds. And people who use the tanning bed before age 35 increase their risk of melanoma by 75%. So I hope we've clarified that tanning beds are not really safe. And you should get your skin check at least once a year. <laughs> I love you, Lexi. That's perfect. That's it's very convenient when you work true. at Premier. <laughs> it's absolutely true. We're kind of Nazis about it there. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So another myth about tanning is getting a good base tan before you go on vacation helps you from burning. Yeah, that's that's truly a myth as well. And it's um, it's one that really is, everyone really believes that this is the case. And it's just really not. First of all, the tan that you get in the tanning bed is from UVA rays. And so it's going to give you a little bit of color, but it's not going to give you protection from the burning rays of the sun. Um, it's not. It might make your sunburn you get the day one of vacation not look quite so red because you're a little bit brown already, but it's definitely not protecting you. And the thing you have to know is any color change on your skin signifies that you've caused damage to your skin. Really? Yes. Even if it's just like a, just a light, even if it's like just a little bitty bit. Darn it. (laughs) Yeah. So that just, uh, that's, that's a bummer because um, I've always said that, you know, tan fat looks better than white fat. Amen. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's a misconception though, that uh, the base tan really is not a thing that's protective for you. Uh, That's why I'm a, I'm a self tanner, spray tanner fanatic now. Mm Mm-hmm. Another myth is wearing sunscreen causes a vitamin deficiency. I have actually never heard this before. You haven't? No. Well, it's interesting. It is true that part of the vitamin D that your body gets and needs comes from sunlight activating a cholesterol molecule in the skin and converting it to vitamin D. So there, there is a very small portion of the vitamin D that your body needs that, that can come from that route. But the vast majority of our vitamin D comes from healthy diet like eggs, egg yolks especially, salmon, spinach, mushroom, oranges. All of those are really high sources of vitamin D. And, you know, decades ago, we started putting vitamin D in milk. So at that point, you know, really, you don't see rickets. Rickets is the disorder that you get when you're truly vitamin D deeply vitamin D deficient. And there's no such thing as that happening in the United States these days. But we do know that higher doses of vitamin D are really healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. It, it really is a cofactor in a lot of things that, that just make your life healthier. So we definitely want us to be on vitamin D and be on vitamin D supplements if our vitamin D is low. But going out in the sun to try to get your vitamin D is really going to be much more harmful than helpful. Gotcha. Another myth is darker skin tones don't have to wear sunscreen. Now, this one I know is a myth because since I'm our cosmetic coordinator, I see ranges of patients, all different colors, all different ages, everybody. And we do Vizias a lot. And so Vizias kind of take a picture of people's skin, um, what's going on underneath, what's on the surface. And one of the categories is sun damage. And I'm always very surprised because... Even on darker skin tones, they can actually be full of sun damage as well. So, Lexi, that's absolutely true. 
certainly darker skin tones are more protected from the sun. Um, you know, that's why a lot of people who live around the equator tend to have darker skin tones because that's their genetic way of protecting themselves from sun damage. But any type of skin can develop damage from the sun and any type of skin can develop skin cancer. Uh, it's certainly less common for African-Americans or uh, dark Asian patients to develop skin cancer than a really white girl like you or me. Certainly, um, there is there is more of a risk for us, but every nationality develops skin cancer. And interestingly, a lot of people that have darker skin develop the more deadly type of melanoma on their hands and on their feet where they have less pigment. Mm-hmm. And so those tend to get diagnosed a lot later, and it tends to be a little bit more deadly in those patients. So just because you have darker skin doesn't mean you're safe, and you do still need to get those skin checks and still protect yourself from the sun. I agree. Um, The last myth is the higher the SPF, the better. What do you think (laughs) about that? Well, that's really interesting. You know, uh, I have a lot of friends um, who go on vacation with me on the regular. And, and one of my friends in particular um, has an SPF of four with her. And it drives me crazy. That would make me so insane. So I, I tend to, like, while she's reading her book or she's dozing off, I tend to go and spray her with more more powerful <laughs> SPF. Um, but the higher the SPF, the better is really kind of a myth. Um, it's interesting. An SPF of four is going to protect you from some sun damage, but an SPF of 15 is going to give you 93% protection. And an SPF of 20, 95%. An SPF of 30, 97. And an SPF of 60, 98. So as you can see, the higher the SPF, once you get above about 15, it really, it it's incremental how mm-hmm. much it helps. It's not a huge benefit to keep going. And, you know, it's a little bit of a racket. The sunscreen market, the SPF 100s are definitely more expensive than the SPF 15s. Um, and so, you know, you really just don't have to go that high. But really what I feel like is more of the key is to look at the active ingredients because the active ingredients are the most important thing in determining SPF and also how your skin reacts to the sunscreen. Um, if it has active ingredients of titanium dioxide or zinc oxide, you're going to be much more protected than if it's just a chemical sunscreen. Um, so that's what I usually recommend for patients to really read the label and look for those two compounds, one or the other at least, in the active ingredients. The other thing is a lot of people don't put enough sunscreen on. Uh, they say a shot glass full is how much you need for your whole body. And most people don't really reapply either. So it, even more important than SPF is to put on enough sunscreen and to reapply every couple of hours, maybe even more often if you're really sweating or, or, or swimming or in the water. So I have a lot of patients that come to me and after we do our visias, we talk about their skincare regimen. And when I get on the topic of sunscreen, after I see their sun damage score, they're like, well, I have sunscreen in my makeup, so I'm totally fine, right? Yeah. So those sunscreens are definitely not, in most cases, the titaniums and zincs. So they're going to be chemical sunscreens um, that can actually cause irritation of the skin and even contact dermatitis over time. So they're really not nearly as protective as the physical blockers, zinc and titanium. So I recommend that everyone wear sunscreen in addition to what's in their makeup every single day. It's just really important. 
So what about like swimming and sweating? Like I know reapplication is really important. And I feel like anytime I go on vacation or I go out swimming, like I feel like as soon as I come out of the pool, I dry off, you know, for a little bit. And then I make sure I put my sunscreen back on. Is that correct? Or is that, is there a certain number of hours? Like you should think about it every two hours. What's your stance on that? So generally I tell people every two hours you need to apply. But if you are vigorously, you know, if you're swimming or you're, you know, working out and you're really sweating, then you, as soon as you, you know, finish that activity, you need to towel off like you are doing and reapply. And there's so many great options now. You know, there are sprays. I want to make sure that people know that when they do spray their skin with the spray sunscreens, you do still have to rub it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people that have crazy streaks, uh, you know, of white and sunburn yeah, uh, because they've sprayed the sunscreen and didn't rub it in. And also, if you're spraying it at the beach, uh, it's likely that a lot of that's just blowing away in the breeze. <laughs> so you do kind of have to be careful with the spray sunscreens, but they are awesome and they're super easy to reapply. There's great stick sunscreens now that are not like the white zinc oxide. Anymore. We just got a new one in. Actually, I'm, I'm so excited about I know, it. It's I from Elta. That. Love Elta. I'm obsessed with that line. I just feel like a lot of their sunscreens, um, they have a lot of physical sunscreens. So yes. they have those components that you were talking about, that titanium dioxide in it. And the new stick one, um, it's virtually clear. Like patients are obsessed with it because they put it on and you can't see anything. Because I feel like a lot of times when you mention physical sunscreens like you do, people get nervous because they're like, oh, I'm going to have a patch of white on right. my face when I put it on. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like we're 2022, like we are moving past those white sunscreens. We have ones that have tints and that virtually look like nothing and also feel like nothing. Yeah. That's the really cool thing. It used to be that they were really thick and really kind of gunky, but now they're lovely. And they even have powdered sunscreen, which yes. is amazing. Jane Ardell has one that I'm absolutely obsessed with. I actually we have that have one it. too. I have it on my face <laughs> right now, actually. I'm so proud. <laughs> I know. It's what I do. It's what I do. Uh, but so it, we've made it really easy with lots of really lovely sunscreens out there. And, you know, I just encourage everyone who's listening, don't be scared of sunscreen. Um, it's not going to do anything bad to you. And especially if you wear the physical sunscreens, your skin's going to be really healthy and it's going to really love you long term. So we do offer some really great self-tanners at work. Have you had a chance to try any of those yet? As a matter of fact, I have tried all of them. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So it's made by a company called Vita Liberata, and it does actually contain a lot of natural components inside of it. Um, Right now, we have a gradual tanner that's really great. So that's something that you could apply every day and get a gradual tan going like within a couple of hours, and it's even safe for the face. And then we also have another one um, that is the Heavenly elixir, which is my favorite. It smells really good because I feel like that's also another thing with self-tanners is that's why people went to the tanning beds because they're like, I don't like the smell. But I'm like, this one actually smells really strongly of cocoa butter. So it smells very tropical. It does. I absolutely love that one too. Lexi. That one's one of my favorites. And, and it's th- better than the smell of tanning burnt flesh. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I agree. Well, I think that about wraps up all of our tanning myths for today. I think so too, Lexi. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. And listeners, please reach out to us at allthingsskin at premierderm.net. We would love to hear your comments and questions and really address anything that you want us to on our future podcasts. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you again at All Things Skin. All Things Skin.